Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Level Up Podcast. I'm Brandon Snipes, and I'm excited to bring to you another in a series on the archetypes. Our mission at Level Up is to help men and women heal and thrive in body, mind, and spirit. So whether it's through the podcast or the retreats that we do, I want to help empower people to have the tools to dig into their past, their present, and future, and become the best version of themselves for themselves and for their communities. And so one way that we're doing that is going through the masculine archetypes. And this is the second in a series, so I'd encourage you to go back an episode. You don't have to, but if you want to get a little more context for the masculine archetypes. And today we're going to dive into the archetype of the king, the chief, the head archetype here. And now just another word on the archetypes. These are, you could think of archetypes as ancient energies, or if that's a little too mystical, you could think them uh, think of them as patterns of behavior that transcend cultures and transcend time, that these are patterns so deep within us that when we talk about the archetypes, our brainstem, the deepest parts of us light up. When I talk to folks about the archetypes, people instinctively know what I'm talking about. And you'll find that to be the case, I'm sure. These are patterns so deep that we see them in all sorts of cultures going back into the ancient days. And there is no archetype as powerful and pervasive as the king. So today we're going to talk about that king archetype and how to harness, how to channel the king energy in your life. So in this episode, we're going to look at eight ways to do that, eight ways to access the king energy. And let me just say as a disclaimer, it is important, very important, not to identify as the king here. And there's going to be a subtle difference, but it's an important difference. Avoid identifying as the king. The issue there, because the king is, in essence, the god of the domain, if you identify too heavily with the king, it can create issues like god complexes. This is where you see the shadow forms of the king. One shadow of the king is the tyrant, egotistical, cruel. He's domineering. He is... The, the shadow king is authoritarian and not just authoritative. Or the other shadow would be the weakling king who fears his own inadequacies because he feels like he has to be God himself. He's afraid of failing and afraid of not measuring up and therefore his fears keep him from stepping into his responsibilities. So channel the energies that I will lay out here. I'll give you eight ways to do it but avoid thinking of yourself as the king. Okay. Uh, And by the way, this is something that the ancients, whether it was pharaohs, et cetera, Babylonian kings, they understood that they were a conduit of a higher power. Okay. So here we go. Number one way to channel the king energy, centeredness. A king is centered. A king is central. A king is balanced. The king exists rightly in the center of his domain. From the center, you have a view of the whole kingdom. In this way, the king's not surprised by things that could pop up, oncoming attacks. Another idea when you think of that word centeredness, not just geographic location, but to be centered is to have your desires and your responsibilities in balance. And the good king, the ideal archetypal king is balanced. 
So one way you can ask yourself if you are channeling this aspect of the king is, does balance describe your life? The alternative would be an over-obsession with one aspect of your life to the exclusion or detriment of other parts of your life. So that could be an obsession with physical fitness and your family suffers because they never see you. I remember my uh, older sister back in the day was dating a big bodybuilder kind of guy. He was a competitive bodybuilder. And I remember he, uh, I think on more than one occasion, blew her off uh, on a date. He couldn't go on this date with her because he had to get to the gym to work out. So is there a balance in your life? You could think through in multiple domains, physical health, family, career, spiritual life. You know, even just those four domains, do you balance and make room for each of those? Is there a centeredness to the energy? So that's one way to harness, channel the king energy. Number two, decisiveness. The good king is decisive. What does that mean to be decisive? You have to know what you want to be decisive. If I ask a friend of mine or my wife, what do you want for dinner? If we don't have any concrete idea of what we are craving or desiring or what fits within our budget, what fits our constraints, then that deliberation is going to take much longer and create a lot of chaos and frustration sometimes. But if you know what you want, you can be much more decisive. But not only do you need to know what you want and have that clarity, but you also need the courage to act decisively. So when you think about harnessing the king energy, do you know what you want? There are all sorts of things you can do to find out what you actually want. And one of those is to write and to spend time reading and to test yourself might be at the top of the list because then you know your limits, you know the, again, parameters, the restrictions, and your actual desires start to come out when you put yourself in difficult situations. It also builds that courage to act. So number two there, decisiveness. That's a way to harness the king energy, know what you want, and act with courage. Number three, the king has integrity. The good king acts with integrity. In Latin, the root of that integrity, that word in Latin is wholeness. Wholeness. This is a word, integrity, that we use to, we refer to building structures, structural integrity. What does that mean? It means it's shored up. It means there are no joints or parts of the structure that were left unattended to. There were no parts that were overlooked or allowed to be weaker. Every single part of the whole is made strong. From top to bottom, from side to side, the whole thing has integrity. So when you think about channeling the king energy of integrity, this means congruence, being the same to all people, in all places, at all times. So one way you can evaluate whether you're channeling that well is to say, and and most of us, it, it comes really quickly into our head whether we are or not, but do I put on multiple faces? Are there different versions of me I present to people at different times? Do I compromise my integrity by saying things I truly don't believe? Do I compromise my integrity by going along just to get along? 
or do people know where I stand? And if they were to follow me throughout the day, they would see the same version of me, the same moral center carried into every sphere of my life. So three there, integrity. Number four, fourth king energy, the king protects. This means the king defends his kingdom. This deals with boundaries. The good king sets boundaries. That could be personal boundaries, physical, mental, emotional boundaries, spiritual boundaries. And these boundaries aren't rigid. Okay, that's the rigid boundaries are a sign of the shadow king, of the tyrant king. Inflexible boundaries are not the goal. You want boundaries to be strong, but flexible. Okay, you even think about fathers or mothers who might have even channeled this energy. You think about the, the first time you started to go to friends' houses growing up, and you started to realize that their rules, their household boundaries were a little different. I remember going to one friend's house, and they were not allowed to close the door when they went to the bathroom. They had boundaries that were a little too flexible. So that king energy that was being channeled there was that of the weakling king because those boundaries— and notice the weakling and the tyrant, those two shadow versions of the king, they can turn on the drop of a dime. It's precisely because the tyrant feels weak that he overcompensates with cruelty and too thick of boundaries or inconsistent boundaries. So you look at your own life. Do you know and do people around you know what your boundaries are? I remember teaching a mother and her three daughters, some self-defense. They came down to the, the gym where I was working, and we worked first and foremost on situational awareness, and we're going to get to that in just a second, but also on setting boundaries. And the most clear boundary that they had to learn to set, and we drilled it and we practiced it, was verbal boundaries. So we role-played, and I pretended that I was a man walking up to them at a gas station, and I had them think, and they needed to be able to tell me, at what point am I crossing a physical boundary with you? Okay, I'm someone that you don't know, and I'm moving towards you at a gas station. Where are you going to set that line? And do you know that you can set that line with your words? You can draw that line in the sand. Well, where are you going to draw it? Are you going to draw it five feet away from you, 10 feet away from you? 20 feet away from you? And how will they know that you're serious about setting that boundary and maintaining that boundary? This boundary is protection because you know if you have clearly articulated the boundary and someone transgresses it, now you know it's on and you know the kind of person you're dealing with. If the boundary just exists in your head or not at all, people can walk through that boundary all day. People sniff this out. You know that the bully, he can sense the kid on the playground with no boundaries. And so he's an easy target and he easily moves forward toward that kid with no resistance. So with these, uh, with these ladies that we were training in self-defense, I would walk up and they would very loudly say, stop, don't come any closer. And if I moved in closer, that was their cue that I was not a good guy and that they should take off running because I've now broken their clear boundary. And it took a long time before them to get their volume level and their intensity and purpose loud enough to where I knew they were serious. But that is an important thing. So you can transfer that to any part of your life. Have you clearly articulated your boundary? Do you know where you stand with yourself and what you will and won't allow 
not just for yourself, but also this applies to people you are tasked with protecting. What are your boundaries? How can you protect them? And do you maintain those borders? This partners with the warrior archetype, and we're going to talk about the warrior next time, but the warrior, part of his job in that energy is to protect the boundaries that the king has set and established. So the king protects. He establishes and reinforces boundaries partnered with the warrior energy. Number five, the king provides order. Order. Look at your life. Look at your house. Look at your yard. Look at your phone. Look at your emails. Is there an orderliness to your life? The opposite of order, archetypally speaking, is chaos. You think about the yin-yang symbol. It's a balance between order and chaos. So organize your affairs. A king must also, this is part of the ordering, a king must know his kingdom. Know who you are dealing with in your kingdom. If, the, if I'm a father of a house and I don't know my family, I don't know what my wife needs and wants and desires. I don't know what my daughter needs, wants. If I don't spend time getting to know my people, I'm going to have a hard time helping create boundaries, create order, and helping them in that way. So this means knowing your people. If you are a, if you are a business person, if you are a boss, do you know your people? Do you listen? This is part of what the king does. He, he hears. He has royal hearings. He listens to his subjects or his people. And so he knows how to best help them through order, through protection, etc. So a king must know his kingdom. Now, this blew my mind, this next thing I'm about to tell you when I heard this. The psychoanalysts who spent a lot, a lot of time with a lot of different kinds of mental illnesses found something, it's hard to, to wrap my mind around, but they found something with schizophrenics. And it's that when they talk to schizophrenics, they realize, and schizophrenics, you think this is textbook disorderliness. There's no ordering of their personality, right? So again, this ties back into the integrity thing. A disorganized personality, a split personality. I'm this to this person. I have to be this to this person. And I was raised to be this to this person. And eventually you can't keep those boundaries set and it all bleeds together. And it's like, who am I? Okay. So schizophrenia, you just extrapolate that out sometimes to the point of no return. But when schizophrenics had visions of kings in dreams, so they had a dream of a king, it had a powerful ordering effect on their psyche. So just the image and presence of a king archetype in their dreams started to neurobiologically, psychologically order their brains. Harnessing the king archetype helps you become more ordered, organized, and structured. Number six, creativity. Usually we associate creativity with the artist, with the lover archetype, and we're going to get to that fourth archetype. We've got king, warrior, magician, and lover. And you would think usually magician or lover creativity. Why is the king creative? And there are two main ways that the king is creative. One is the king creates life. That the king, maybe through the birth of children, or providing spaces for life to flourish does a creative act, creativity. Another way that the king creates 
is by creating more efficient ways to run things. So he looks at the systems. The king examines the systems and has to think creatively to problem solve and to come up with more efficient ways for the sake of his kingdom to do things. And efficient doesn't always have to mean faster. Okay, it's, It might mean removing pockets of chaos from different domains of your life. And it takes creativity to think outside the box and understand how do I remove this chaos? My life is chaotic because I keep waking up late. I don't know what's going on. I'm lacking these boundaries. I'm lacking in this decisiveness. Well, you need to have some creative problem-solving skills to be able to figure out how do I get myself up at the time that I want to wake up. So that is creativity. Number seven, a good king blesses his people. Blessing. As a father to a young girl, I think about this all the time. How can I use the role that I have and the image I have in her eyes to give her blessing? I represent certain metaphysical things to her about truth, about God, about the goodness of the universe just by existing in the role that I do. And I want her to know that there is blessing from on high, so to speak. And again, it's not coming directly from me, but I'm channeling that energy, that goodness. When I, when I see the success today, she was walking up and down stairs, pushing herself to do it in more and more brave ways. And I wanted to be there with high fives at the top of those stairs to say, you are doing awesome. You are so strong. You are so brave. A good king blesses his people. And the same would apply in my relationship to my wife. Do they hear Words of blessing and encouragement. That's a key word associated with blessing. What does encouragement mean? It means literally to put courage in to, to someone or something. So do my people feel like I fill them up with courage or do I try to undermine them? So a good king, and I hope to get better and better at channeling that energy, but does a good king put courage into his people, encourage and bless his people. The church I attend ends with a blessing. And the pastor says, please stand and receive this benediction or this blessing. And he, in the reading of words from on high, is channeling a blessing to the people, right? God being the ultimate good king in that situation. Channeling the goodness and the blessings to others. There's a powerful experience on our men's retreats, the level up retreats, where we give blessings to one another. And the men partner up and they look each other in the eye and they place a hand on each other's shoulders. And one at a time, with no preconceived idea of what they're going to say, because a blessing is not flattery. Flattery is spreading, as the book of Proverbs says, a web of lies, a web for people's feet. It's going to tangle them. You don't want to give somebody a false sense of courage if they haven't actually built that up or a false sense of competence. That could be a very dangerous thing and lead to all sorts of worse outcomes. So I tell these men when we go to bless each other, don't blow smoke. You cannot say something that you don't really mean from your core. And I challenge us to channel as much as we can, so to step up and have no preconceived idea of what we're going to share with this other man. And I have been brought to tears by guys who have looked me in my eye 
and blessed me and told me, and we start these blessings with the words, may you know. So I want you to imagine a peer staring, peering, how about that double entendre, peering directly into your eyes and into your soul and saying with unbroken eye contact, may you know. And then we pause and we wait for a word. We wait to channel a blessing that does not come from us. And they say, may you know, boom, enter it when, it when it comes there. And sometimes there's 30 seconds of awkward silence while they're waiting for that. But those blessings are powerful. So a king blesses his kingdom, channels God consciousness to the world. That blessing reorients people. It points them in the right direction and it nurtures. It fills them up. Number eight, final king energy is legacy. A king wants to leave a legacy. This means making not only his kingdom a better place, but the world at large a better place. This means living out a vision that's larger than you. In our first of these archetype episodes, we talked about the prince versus the king, and the prince is not concerned with a legacy that's larger than himself. The king wants to to leave a legacy that's just for him. He wants those eyes. Remember, the currency of the prince is external validation, but the currency of the king is honor and is legacy for the good, for the higher calling. And that's what separates those two. So you might ask yourself, do I even think on a daily basis or a quarterly basis, whatever it is, about leaving a legacy? What is the legacy I want to leave? What do I want people saying at my funeral? What do I want written on that headstone? What do I want my family to feel when they think of me after I'm gone? What do I want my communities that I'm involved in to think of me and to take away from my presence? How do I want to leave a true and powerful impact on the world? And that starts small. It starts with you and our families, and then it grows out from everything else. So in summary, I want to go back through those eight. If you weren't taking notes, here you go. Those eight king energies, centeredness, two, decisiveness, three, integrity. Number four was protects. Number five, a king orders. Number six, creativity. Number seven, blessing. And number eight, legacy. And once again, we are not the king, but we channel, we draw on the king energy, the king pattern of behavior. We act like the king, but we are not the king. All right, so we work hard not to get it twisted so we don't fall into the tyrant. We don't fall into the other shadow of the weakling. And the other thing that helps us from falling into the shadows is balancing out with the other three masculine, chief masculine archetypes, the warrior, the magician, and the lover. In the next episode, we're diving into the warrior. I'm so excited to get into that one because to pull this king stuff off, you have to have the warrior cultivated within you. I already mentioned that the warrior steps up and protects and guards the boundaries that the king sets. So I hope that you have found this helpful. I hope you found it useful. I want to encourage you that if it stays in your head, you're dead. So my encouragement is step out, take one of these and ask yourself, where can I provide more order in my life? 
Where can I provide more boundary in my life? Have I actually written down? Do I know? Have I made explicit verbally my boundaries? What is my legacy? Take one thing and run with it. Cultivate those king energies just like that. My hope for all of us is that we continue to heal, to fight, to grow, to thrive in body, mind, and spirit. Level up.